Hello, hello. Hi there, Katie. Everyone, welcome to episode four with Marianne Bartley of Time to Think. Today is April 29th, and I'm so glad you're taking time to tune in to our podcast today. It's a little bit different. Our topic is going to be art, and I have a special guest. Katie, why don't you say hello? Hello, everybody. And this is Katie Trainer, and many of you who live here in Lebanon are familiar with Katie and have seen her work around town. Now, for today's podcast, I'm going to start for a little while referencing some of the things that I've been doing over the past uh, month or so. And then Katie's going to share some insights as a current artist in our community. So I'm going to start. Our topic, obviously, is art. And my question to you all is, what does art bring to you? What does art bring to me? And that's a big, broad question. And what I find is that art brings a sense of connection, greater awareness, beauty, reassurance, emotion, insight and sometimes surprise. And what do we bring to art? Hopefully we bring a receptive and an open spirit. Art makes us human. It differentiates us from other life forms. Through the process of creating art, the depths of our souls are revealed. And by appreciating and exploring the art of others, we are transported through time and space to connect with another mind and another point of view. And when we study art, we expand, we grow, we remember. Now, if you follow me on Facebook, you know that since we've been sheltering in place due to the coronavirus pandemic, I've been posting works of art almost every day. Why? Well, I've discovered that art helps me make sense of the world. And I figured I could make myself useful while sheltering in place by sharing art with you. By seeing images that inspire us and make us think, our spirits can be elevated. Art helps us remember that we are more, we are incredible creatures of creativity. We have unlimited potential for learning and growth. I've noticed that among the works I've posted so far, many of you like the paintings by Georgia O'Keeffe, Claude Monet, and Mary Cassatt. Whether it's a splash of color of an O'Keeffe flower, or the beautiful scenery of a French countryside, or the water lilies by Monet, or the carefree faces of children playing in the sand depicted by Mary Cassatt. These paintings make us smile. They take us away from today's problems and they remind us of the beauty that surrounds us and the pleasure in the moment. On the other hand, we could look at the works by Thomas Eakins or John Singer Sargent and they tend to bring us back to reality. Some of it's pretty and some of it's not. Both of these men were painting um, at the dawn of the age of photography, Thomas Eakins a little earlier than Sargent. 
their works are not only focusing on realistic renditions, but they also include the psychological introspection of their, the subjects that they're painting. Um, one of the paintings that you can see I posted on Facebook today shows Eakin's painting called The Gross Clinic, and it was completed in 1876. And he was hoping it would be exhibited in the centennial celebration. However, it was rejected um, because the painting was considered to be too, um, I guess, negative or too graphic and people weren't ready to see that realistic type of painting. Um, he painted Dr. Gross um, uh, lecturing to a group of students at the hospital as an operation was taking place. And if you look at the painting, you'll see that the um, person lying on the table is having his leg operated on and Dr. Gross is standing there lecturing. If you look back farther in the painting on the right-hand side, you'll see a face of someone watching. And that was actually Thomas Eakins. He uh, put himself in the entire picture. Anyway, this kind of painting um, was happening at a teaching hospital in Philadelphia. And when we look at it today, we certainly notice that there have been many advances in medicine. Um, we are much farther along. Uh, one of the most interesting observations would be the lack of surgical masks at the time. Um, and of course that wasn't due to a shortage, uh, but more to, due to a lack of knowledge. If you jump ahead to 1918, or so with the Spanish influenza, you can see a painting by John Singer Sargent. And he sketched the inside of a medical tent that was used for victims of the Spanish flu and also World War I in France. And he found himself as a victim of the Spanish flu. And while he was there, he used um, his sketch pad and, and did a quick painting. So we get a glimpse of life at another time and place. So realism in art can certainly help us make sense of where we are today and we gain an understanding of where we were as a society in the past. So we have art to kind of reassure us and make us happy. We have art to give us an idea of what was happening at another point in time. And then we have the art of the imagination. I'm thinking here of artists such as Rene Magritte, Marc Chagall, and Salvador Dali, for example. And their imaginative works oftentimes delight us. They oftentimes provoke us. They inspire us. They entertain us. And they encourage us to explore our own imaginations. There are no limits with art. Now, I want to jump today to here in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, where I think that perhaps because of the pandemic, there's a greater burst of creativity among many people. Um, it's almost reawakening the artistic spirit within. Um, some people may have been taking painting classes with groups like Zen Cat Creatives, or participating in the Quarantine Cabernet, or exhibiting uh, with the Arts Council during their virtual art walk, or even sharing pictures of nature 
on one's Facebook page or their own sketches. I'm hearing the wonderful train 11 and go by. Nothing could be better than that. <laughs> Represent 11 right here. <laughs> yep. Um, and then um, I just think all of the art that's happening today just kind of is a neat reawakening. And I've asked one of our local artists, Katie Trainer, to share her thoughts on art. And um, I'm going to ask her a few questions and then we'll talk a little bit about the murals that she's been working on. So, Katie, I was just wondering if you could give us some info on your background. What brought you to the point where you are creating murals and um, enjoying art so much? Well, uh, I've always been really into art, like ever as a little kid, um, but I did not go to school for producing murals. Um, I was trained into the people who were trained into the Philly mural program, uh, but only after backpacking and um, I, I used to be a magician. So I was always into creativity and seeing things in a different light, uh, but never saw a big before. And then I was set up on this street uh, in Reading with some of my artwork behind me. I developed a theoretical science art series and a guy was developing a mural corridor and loved my work. Um, told me if I could figure out how to make it better, he'd hook me up with the guy that uh, produces the murals for the community out there. And then that's how I learned the proper techniques was from him. Uh, so yeah, I, I never stopped since then. Well, that sounds wonderful. Um, I like I like your free spirit. And I think that when you look back over history, people who are some of the best, coolest artists are people who did not follow the social norms and kind of took a different route about their lives and followed their own creativity. And it sounds like you've been doing that. Um, I have a question about your backpacking. When you backpacked, where did you go? Like how, was that a long trip or a long journey? Uh, well, it was over the course of um, three years or so, but it started in my car and then slowly became uh, traveling with others and then slowly became just kind of backpacking and seeing where I end up. And uh, my goal was to do all 50 okay. states. I only got to 33, and I've been there because I accidentally became a full-time muralist now, which okay. isn't a bad thing. I'm and that's a, that, <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful thing, but it gives you so much to draw from, I would think. Mm -hmm. And I mean that not figuratively, but just kind <laughs> of intellectually, just having seen so many different things. It gives you a richness to what you can bring back as an artist. Yeah, and I mean, our country has so um, many different cultures in it. Like, I wanted to do all of the states before I went elsewhere. Oh, that's great. And you grew up in the Lebanon area. Yes, correct? my whole family from my great-grandmother all the way down. Actually, great-great-grandmother was here, too. So, yeah, everybody. Oh, that's neat and decided to take up residence here, which is a good thing for us. And you can share your work with the region. Mm -hmm. um, as an artist, you still do some of the work as a magician, right? Uh, okay, <laughs> it takes a lot of mental energy because you're always like analyzing people's movements, like, like where are their eyes looking right now? So it honestly takes a lot of mental energy and I'd like to get back into it eventually, but I had to put so much mental energy into developing business because I'm not good at that. And anybody who knows me will know that's true. <laughs> uh, so as soon okay. as I get that part under control, I can get back into it. Uh-huh. Well, there's a lot of mental energy that goes into art. And I, I can say that personally, 
that um, every time, seriously, when I was growing up, um, I didn't really study art until I was in college. And when I was in college, I fell in love with the arts Mm -hmm. and I ended up becoming an art history major. But I also took some studio art at that time. And I didn't then, because of the career I chose in education, I really didn't have time to devote to artwork, either creating it or studying it any farther. Um, but now in my life, I'm kind of reviving and revisiting some of my artistic uh, talent, if you want to say that, or, or my artistic thinking, my mind or whatever, whatever it is that gets me going artistically. And I find art is the most demanding intellectual pursuit that I know. And, and um, that's kind of astounding, I think, because people might think it's not that intellectually um, challenging, but it is. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's endurance because when you get to a point and you can't figure out how to do something that you're trying to do, like you just get to a point where you're like, you have to overcome yourself because you're the only thing in between you and getting the thing you're trying to do. Um, Right. And then sometimes I also feel when I'm working on artwork that sometimes it feels like a disaster. (laughs) you know it just feels like a disaster and then it's sort of like life it it, it reminds me you know how life sometimes things are going well and then it feels like everything's falling apart and then as an artist you try to pull it back together (laughs) again and I was just wondering do you do you can you identify with those oh yeah absolutely like when when I do when I start a mural like a, a big piece like let's say something that's maybe um one and a half stories or something big and if it's of like a large image you need to make sure that looks good and like I don't I don't like sleep or that's all I can do for like three days until it starts to, to take shape into the I know it's not you know what I mean so it's like I become completely obsessed with it mm-hmm. totally insane like nothing brings me peace and all I want to do is work on it I don't breathe for three days like until it starts to be something um you know what I mean like yeah I do I do know what you mean but I love I love that you um are doing that and putting your energy towards that is is such a, a gift to, um, I think, our community. And even though you might not realize it, um, you might not realize it, and people might not even realize it now, um, but that often happens is that people appreciate it, though, at other points. Um, but for murals, I guess, like, for example, I'm thinking about Hack right now. I mean, that's obviously not going to stay there yeah. forever. Um, but but the impact that it's making right now is real positive, I think, on our entire community. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> it is. I love I love what you did there. And how how long did it take you to do the, all of those windows? At- um, I mean, each one takes a couple hours, especially when it's really cold. And um, they were painted when well, the first couple were painted when it was sunny, so it went faster. But you got to paint the under color first, so like the white primer. And then on top of it, right. and um, if you don't let it dry first, it becomes like a nice shade of mixed white that then fades to even more white the next day. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. each, you know, each window just takes a couple hours if it's like very detailed. Okay. Okay. And my other question would be: Before you were doing that, did you have to plan it out, or did you just kind of let one thing lead to the next as you? That's actually a really good question. Um, I painted the first window downtown. It got huge news publicity because it was like the first thing that happened around the area at all, um, like that. 
and that just sparked me to like make a, a little fundraiser and then people started donating to it. And then I was like, well, ABC 27 is coming out. What can I paint? And uh, Hack was there and they got so excited about the idea. Um, she just kind of like allowed me to have free, creative freedom, but I took people's requests on Facebook. Um, like I kept asking what people's favorite uh, inspirational quotes were like, uh, and then I tried to condense it to something that would be quick and not too much on a window. Um, yeah. Right. Right. Was that, was that Laurie oh, yeah, that yeah. you worked with Laurie? Um, okay. That's terrific. She said, she said half was like more than thrilled, like, uh, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I think anybody that drives through the town, even if they don't live here, they glance over there and they feel a sense of inspiration. And for those of us that live here, it's just positive and we appreciate it. So you're welcome. So what other kinds of artwork are you involved with or is it primarily murals? Uh, I mostly do murals, um, but it takes up a lot of my, my time and energy because I also teach kids murals in school districts. So I'll travel around and get hired by the state of Pennsylvania and teach the kids why murals are important, why public art can make a difference and then help them to design something and then to paint it. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot of energy. So, uh, but I do mosaics with them too, but that's even more where I have like my half of my studio is completely full of mosaic supplies and I don't know what to do with them. Like there's so much, so much wow. broken stuff. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that concept. And one of the things when I was still in the school district and we worked on that big book together about Freddie the oh, Fish and the that. community project, they, yeah, that I love that. And they put those murals together that were made from um, pieces of glass and everything along the bridges yeah. on 7th Street. And that was a huge project um, that thrilled me that the, the students uh, were involved in creating that and the art teachers and different people helped out with it. It was just, it was just terrific. It really means something to the community when people get involved. Yeah, was that 2000, this. spring 2016? Yeah, so yes, I met her on the I street. At, um, she was advertising the mural you guys had just put up. Uh, the artist there and she was one of the people that was like like yeah you have to do this and that and just network and this and that so she's one of the first people that put it into my head that you could produce public art right after it was up i was uh, like oh my gosh a mural's cool. up what mm -hmm. it's neat i think that public art um is something so important and my hometown is actually Easton, Pennsylvania. And I noticed they did a tremendous revival there in the arts. Um, and I'm hoping that our Lebanon will continue with what it's doing. Um, and that, that all along, you know, whether it's the Quidipahilla or, or wherever, that we um, celebrate who we are. And I think it, 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 it tends to um, encourage um, more pride and also connection. Absolutely. Uh, like... I was working with people that called art an, a catalyst for change and like Bethlehem went through all of it. They painted the empty storefronts and that's where all that started from was modeling after that. Um, but I was saying something in my head before I started saying something and now I got lost. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, nothing like being impromptu um, here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I think um, it's, it's oh. a good a good time. I, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
all, all it really takes is like one person with a position in the community with their main focus being producing public art to write grants to produce opportunities for the kids to come out and like to bring other artists in because um, every single school I, I get hired in has somebody in their community that's a, a, a reach out person um, and I mean Lebanon has the Arts Council but they also aren't um, there's there's not like a city person who's involved with grant writing if that makes sense mm -hmm. it does unfortunately unfortunately the same with the school district I know that we just didn't have we didn't have yeah. the personnel to write the grants. So when it happened, it was um, really a big push to make it happen. Um, I believe it. So anyway, I- No, I, I just, I believe it. Uh, I've never successfully written a grant. I'm yeah. awful at them. So, no, I've written them. They're no fun. It's such a drag okay, to write then. a grant. It's, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's not any fun at all. It's, I'd much rather talk about art than write the grant to get it funded. And I know that sounds absolutely horrible because I firmly believe in, in yeah. funding the arts, but um, no, nobody- I mean, you really got to be gifted at producing grants. So like, to, like you have to just be good at it. Sometimes it just seems like, I wish there were a simpler way, like maybe get some sponsors to, to do some things. And I guess, you know, that might be a way to to get things well i mean there's some uh, some real production companies in surrounding cities such as sprocket works in harrisburg and they take huge uh donations um in for the they produce a mural festival every other year so um yeah i mean that's a great way to go about producing funds for that too you just need somebody making a focal point somehow i think we're i think we're going to move to that to that stage here i mean there's a lot here in our town that I think is just kind of like waiting to happen. Like we're pointing in the right there's direction so much here. and I think we're gonna make it happen. There yeah. is, a, there's so much talent. That's true. There, there really is. And mm, there's okay. so much talent and there's not quite the vessel of exposure yet for it. So. Right. <laughs> but we have to keep persevering. So, Katie, I want to just thank you for spending some time with me this morning. And um, I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. And I want to commend you on sharing your love of the arts with our... Well, thank you so much for having me on here. You are very welcome. And with that, I'm going to sign off, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. And I encourage you to stay open-minded, keep learning, and keep those creative juices flowing. Signing off until next time, this is Marianne Bartley of Time to Think.